Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you, Anthony. Actually, looking fairly chipper, considering it's the first one. You wait till tomorrow. You'll be going, I can't believe it. I've got back into it this quickly. <laughs> See you later. I brought my coat in this morning. I don't know why. I, just, I, th- I, thought, I, put it, I thought, no, it's time for putting on a winter coat and being all wintry and all cuddly. And now the spiced apple. Every time I hear that advert on the television with Julie Peasgood, I sit there and I mouth it afterwards. You go, and now you can be all warm and cosy with spiced apple. And I think, how lovely is that? And then yesterday I was at the station because they've buggered up the trains again. This time uh, it affected the Richmond line. Now I'm hoping that the little boys and girls out there have been working their little socks off to get it ready because yesterday I waited an hour for a train to get to Richmond which went in via Kingston. It came in backwards because it couldn't go out the other way. Well, that's going to really screw people up this morning. So I shall check with old Huge Broom to see whether or not we can sort that out for you later on. Uh, Plus, of course, as you know, yesterday I had a very, very nice Saturday night out. Quite a busy week this week. As I say, I'm trying to avoid Michael Winner. It's becoming like a stalking session. It really is. And borderline calling the police. Borderline calling the police. His fiancée sounds great. And my advice is, if she leaves him and keeps the ring, we could have a great house. You know, not as big as his house, admittedly. But, I mean, you know, we, if we get rid of the ring. Because he's obviously a bit panicky. That if he doesn't do an interview with me, she's going to leave him and the ring's going to go at the same time. And I'm thinking, well, I could have that ring. That could be part of the Steve Allen collection. I quite like this idea. She's now sitting there with a cup of tea in one hand going, do you know, this is sounding more promising by the minute. <laughs> she said, he'd talk about you on the programme this morning. I bet you anything. It'll, go, it'll get back to him. It always does. Anyway, uh, so we'll have a cup of tea. And uh, John in Streatham, I did not go to the uh, erotica show at Olympia. I have been. I went a couple of years ago. One of my producers wanted to buy a Basque and some thigh-length boots to start a new career. And uh, so we went out there. It wasn't Giles, no. <laughs> Giles, well, he, he just wore the bars. I mean, that's another story and also another programme. And uh, possibly a court case, I shouldn't wonder. But I did go there. I found it a bit disconcerting because, you know, normally at Christmas time you have uh, badges which have got Merry Christmas on or a snowman which light up. Well, at the erotic show, they've got willies that light up. Seriously, little little tiny pin badge. Everything is to do with, with the X. And I, I don't like talking about anything, because if you're not doing something, there's no point in talking about it, is there? And and so I went there, and it was all sorts of... There were people pole dancing and have your picture taken with a page three girl. So I admitted doing that one. I thought, I can't really have, have the courage of my convictions and sit down there and have a picture taken. I have got... I remember one year, when we were in uh, Gough Square years and years ago, and I've got a picture of it. We were... What were we doing? Was it my birthday or something like that? And uh, Jeremy Lee... And uh, and accomplice organised a stripogram for me, and a stripogram came in, and uh, and brought a birthday cake, and sort of was about to strip off. And luckily, I stopped her. I said, "You, re- it's really not necessary. I promise you, honestly, it would be kind of a waste of time. But very sweet of you to consider it." <laughs> so, well, that was interesting. And uh, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh yes, lots of your uh, texts and emails. Eight four eight five zero. And I've got to take issue again. And I'm sorry to start with the X factor because I know you're probably bored witless with it. But we finally got rid of John and Edward. What you know, having been told by Louis Walsh the other week, they're mildly autistic. Well, since where where that come from, I've got no idea. Louis says they're mildly autistic. So I, so 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 we obviously make slight allowances. Okay, so we make allowances. Then they get voted off the other day. And strangely enough, for the first time ever, Dermot O'Dreary says, oh, well, lad, you've voted off, but don't worry, because you're going to make shed loads of money. Now, he's never said that to any other contestant. I'm beginning to think, if I was somebody on the X Factor, I'd be thinking, Dermot, 
You know that they're slightly autistic. You know that we're constantly... In fact, only Dermot O'Dreary told us the other day they're only 18, stop booing them. And he's now saying, you're going to make shed loads of money and you'll probably be employing us in years to come. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, no, can we get this right? They've just lost. They've just been kicked out of the X Factor. They are losers. But of course they're not, because they will have gone straight from there to sign the contract... And I bet you anything, on magazines over this Christmas, they'll either be dressed up as elves, little silly father Christmases, they'll be the Christmas single, mark my words, no matter what they tell you, they've got that, because it's the only way they can make money. Because Ollie was nearly voted out yesterday, because he can't sing. He's a very, very average karaoke. And I tell you, if, if you want proof of how awful these people are, sorry, I'm bleeding, um, go onto YouTube, type in Shirley Bassey, at the Camden Roundhouse, and you listen to a woman in her 70s who can sing the arse off these people, and then you get somebody stupid like Stacy or Ollie or any of the other... I mean, even little Joe, who's getting camper by the week, I'm afraid. I mean, all but throwing on a wig and calling himself Josephine, where, you know, that's as far as it's going. It's just, they're not great singers. They're okay, but they're not great and then you've got poor old Lulu Walsh sitting there going, oh, there's a great future for, for, for John and Edward and it's this and that. Well, of course, there probably is, because generally people with no talent but good management can win out on these things. So they're probably going to make some money on children's television. or what. But if they do children's telly, they'll not be making much money at all. Because if you go to the BBC, the BBC will not allow them to do anything. You work for the BBC, the contract ties you in. You remember the only person who ever got away with making money out of the BBC was Philip Schofield. Because Philip Schofield owned the glove puppet. Big mistake. They never made it again with Andy Crane and Ed the Duck. Uh-uh. They, they didn't let him own it. But with Philip Schofield, he owned Gordon the Gopher. So every bit of merchandise with Gordon the Gopher, Philip Schofield was coining it. The BBC were furious. So when Andy Crane came along with Ed the Duck, uh-uh, they decided that uh, there was no chance that they were going to let that one slip by again. We liked Ed the Duck. And I think Gordon the Gopher was killed off, I think, eventually, which was, you know, which was a shame, because we, we like Gordon every week. And, uh, and Ed the Duck, I think he went the same way. Ended up on somebody's plate with some nice new potatoes and, uh, and some minted garden peas. That was very funny, except for children everywhere who burst into tears. And then yesterday we had Lulu Walsh going on about, you know, John and Edward. He said, and he was saying, ask, ask the young girls, they love John and Edward. No, only the few people who've come up to Lulu and said they like him. He does, he sounds like a tired old gramophone. He does say the same things every week. You know, you're going to be a big star. Now he's started being a bit bitchy about people saying, no, you haven't got any talent in this. But for Dermot O'Dreary to say you're going to make shed loads of money, I'm afraid it's an absolute insult to the rest of the people in the cast. He didn't say it to Lucy. He hasn't said it to anybody else who's been kicked off. And you should, you shouldn't, because otherwise people watching will be thinking, well, what, what, what does he know that we don't know? And the answer is, they will make money, but not if they work as children's entertainers. They will never make any money at all. Look at all the children's entertainers. Look at, you know, I'm trying to think, Dick and Dom, otherwise known as the only act with two, two Doms in it. And uh, very funny, very funny, not, I'm afraid. It's the only act with one person who's funny and one who's just unbelievably not funny. Uncle Rob in a basket and thigh boots. Oh, dear, says somebody. No, not Uncle Rob. But close, but close. 
But not Uncle Rob, I'm afraid. No, there's nobody you know. There's nobody you know. It's no good trying to guess who the person is in Basque and thigh-length boots, because I'm not going to tell people. My lips are sealed. It's going to make the rest of the programme a bit of a problem, isn't it? Because I, I was going through the paper, and I see that Peter Kay has broken box office records with re- his return to stand-up comedy. hope it's going to be different from the last show, because he's doing the Manchester Evening News Arena. Now, you know that when he started off, he booked four nights in. They've sold out. So he's now booking another 20. Now, I said to you yesterday, with the four nights he's booked in, that will be enough money to make him live very, very comfortably for two years. He won't need to do a stroke of work because there's no... He, it's, it's a bit like booking someone into the Albert Hall who just stands there. There's no, there's no set, there's no warm-up, there's no nothing. You don't have to pay anybody. He just walks on stage and does a stand-up, like Michael McIntyre. It's a cheap thing to do very cheap thing. You just walk on stage, you fill an arena. Although, to be honest, why not just buy the DVD? If you're sitting way at the back, you're going to be watching him on the screen. I don't know why people get excited about Peter Kay. I mean, we know he's fat, and you know that, you know, he, he, he's larger than life, but to be honest with you, you're going to watch him on a screen. Might as well stay at home, mightn't you? I see that uh, Alex Reed, very butch Alex Reed, you know, the cage fighter who dresses up as a woman. <laughs> what can I tell you? He's going to fly out to the jungle... Please, God, they just push him out of the plane. And he's going to get down on bended knee and propose to Jordan. My advice to ITV is, I'm sorry, are you completely wasting our time with the Jordan show, or are there other people involved in this? Because if it's Jordan's show, can you just tell us it's called the Jordan show and not start messing around and, and pretending it's called I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? Because 90% of the people in there are not celebrities. They're faded old has-beens. For proof of that, re Stuart Manning otherwise known as that boring actor who couldn't get arrested for love nor money. Although, funnily enough, and oh, how we laughed, uh, George Hamilton has said that he, he's going to give him some contacts in America. That'll be McDonald's and Burger King and Kentucky Fried Chicken. And hopefully, if Stuart's not as thick as we think he is, he might better get a job behind the counter, actually with some personality, because so far we've seen no evidence of personality from Stuart Manning whatsoever. It's a bit like... Justin and Colin, otherwise known as those two. Well, which is the butch one out of that pair? And the answer is, we've got no idea. But they're boring. Aggie is boring, or whatever her name is. The one out of the, the, the cleaning women. She's dreary. Kim. Oh, crikey, she's boring. Joe Bugner. Oh, it's another Jim Davidson in the making, isn't it? It's another Jim Davidson. You could just see. Steeped in history. Steeped in history. Who else is out there? Some poor old crone out of mystique. Nobody knows who she is. She's boring as well. She just sits there. You think, have you got a personality? Answer, no. That's why you're not working. That's why half these people are... Because anybody who's worth their salt is working. Jordan sees this as another free Jordan show. And ITV is so desperate for the coverage that they'll stick any old bag in there. And when you get somebody as stupid as her, because believe you me, she is dumb... They don't come any dumber, but she's not stupid enough to turn it down because it's money and there's nothing else on the books at the moment. So what she'll do, she'll do that and she can use it as a platform to plug, you know, a book she never wrote, clothes she never designed, jewellery she never designed because it's all got Jordan's name on. It's a licensing deal. So it's a free advert for her and they pay her a bit of money. But as Jonathan Levi said the other day, all this rubbish that you read in the paper about she's being paid 450000 he said, not from ITV, she's not. They do not have the money. She'll be earning about... £100,000 from ITV. And you know why? What the papers have done, and her agent will have done, is they'll have worked out that with the resultant publicity and with another book out and everything else and the newspaper interviews, that's what she'll coin at the end of it. 
You won't get paid that from ITV for going in there. That'll be with all the newspaper interviews. Made me laugh, as I said yesterday on OK Magazine. Jordan, my only interview. Oh, shut your gob, woman. We're so bored with you. Your only interview in the last two minutes. Because she is... I wish... Oh, I'll tell you. You really wish... Oh, please, please vote her in again for the next Bush Tucker trial. She said that if, that if she actually... We know she loves the attention, but she has said if she gets another one, she's going to walk. Oh, please give her another Bush Tucker trial, please. Just just to sort of make our Monday and make us very happy. Because you know, and the whole country knows, that you can't bear it, and we love watching her suffer. And that's what's so funny. And Pete's laughing as well. I hear from people in the know that Pete's uh, definitely not watching. Why would you want to watch something you lived four years of your life with and you realised how vile it was? He's, he's just sitting there going, look, Mummy's having to eat something else. <laughs> <laughs> Poor soul. 16 past five. News headlines. Two 20-year-old men have been charged with murdering a teenager in Stoke Newington. It's emerged the Ministry of Defence spent £149 million on an urgent upgrade to 900 tanks that are now only being used in training exercises. And plans are being made for uh, Jedwood's future this morning as they become the latest act to get the boot from the X Factor. With the travel this morning, and I hope the trains are all right going out Richmond way, Hugh Broom. They are. They're all back to normal. Is it back to normal after they did the repairs? They have repaired. I think they put a temporary repair in Feltham Twickenham, yeah. so that should be running out. Nightmare normal. yesterday. Nightmare. Was it? Yes. Oh, I was crammed in with all sorts of people. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Uh, anyway, it's all back to normal Felton Twickenham on the train. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday morning. Grab a cup of tea. John and Edward are out on the loose. Just when you thought we could have packed them back home to Mummy and Daddy. No, sadly, they'll have gone straight from there to talks. Uh, they don't need many talks because they're signed up already, as you know, to uh, Simon Cowell's company. Every person on the show is signed up. They, they won't be able to do anything without his say-so. And the only way he's going to make money is either... And they denied it the other day. They denied that a single was in the offing in an album. I'm telling you, there's a single and an album in the offing. There's got to be. How else are they going to make money out of them? They've got to make money out of them. And the only way you can do it, and after that appalling version of Wild Horses by poor Susan Boyle, dreadful, as soon as she's packed off back to the States, the better. The papers are saying, oh, she's, she's made eight million. I don't know what the hell she's going to do with it. What's she going to do with it? Eight million quid? I don't know how that's been possible. She hasn't actually done anything so far. They've only just paid her 100,000 for the album, and that's with the advanced sales of God knows how many. And uh, The Wild Horses, my God, I'm going to tell you, it's the most depressing track I've ever heard in my entire life. And while horse... Christ, it was bad enough by the Rolling Stones. She sounds very young on the recording of it, but when she sings it live, she sounds like Susan Boyle. And they've obviously said to her, listen, darling, just stand there. We know you're a bit, you know... Anyways, put you in this black dress, this black beaded dress, and keep your hands by your side, but every so often, just move them out like you're about to take off. So she does. She goes, so wild horses... Actually, strangely enough, I've now been getting loads and loads of emails from people saying, when she first came on, Steve, we hated you because you didn't like her because you said she wasn't a great singer. Having her to sing live now, she ain't a great singer. She's very, very, very average. And that's why you watch... I tell you, if you want proof, don't, you know, just go to YouTube, type in Susan Boyle, watch her singing Wild Horses, then type in Shirley Bassey and watch Shirley Bassey at the age of 70-plus just knocking... I mean, she's a singer... The rest of them are just part of a money-making machine to make money for Simon Cowell because, to be honest with you, I think Louis is a bit dreary now. 
You know, he's very nice for Westlife when they stand there and sing, you know, songs about the hearth and the fire and gathering fuel for the winter or anything like that. Well, any, any old crap song that Westlife sings or Boys Own, they're always dreary songs, aren't they? I mean, if, if proof were needed, and I said it last week, and now that's for some reason a lot of the critics have picked up again on the massacring of the Carpenter songs by Ronan Keating. And incidentally, I'll tell you for the umpteenth time, Ronan, the Hitler haircut has got to go. Mike Ward in the Daily Star today says, I can't tell you any more times, but the Hitler haircut's got to go. It just looks stupid, OK? Get rid as quickly. i tell you who's, who's looking a bit glum at the moment, and I'm not the kind of person, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not the sort of person who thrives on other people's misery. But all is not well at the one show. Apparently, Christine, how are you? Bleakly, ever since she's discovered the delights of Frank Lampard, and that must be short-lived, poor old, um, I'm afraid, uh, the uh, Adrian Childs is not looking very happy. People at the programme say he he hasn't been as chatty with her as recently, whereas before they used to go out for cups of tea and everything else. Because it's like that, isn't it? It's like if you're working with somebody, just supposing you're actually doing a double-headed programme. If there was a double-headed programme here, say, between, I don't know, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but two people, and at the end of the programme they they sort of go off for drinks and cups of coffee and they laugh and they go to the cinema and they phone each other and then they come in. I mean, it doesn't happen at the moment because I can't think of any double-headed programmes unless Christo's doing something that I'm not aware of at the moment. But... And then, it ha- then all of a sudden, one person gets either a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they start going off with them for cups of tea. The person who was going out before is sort of sitting there feeling a bit stupid. And I think that's how it is with poor old uh, Adrian Childs. He sort of sits there doing another... I think she's gone off for a cup of tea with somebody. And, it's like, and so she's sort, of, she's, she's sort of going... She's got a big smile on her face because she can't believe that something as naff as that has actually pulled Frank Lampard, who's not that difficult to pull. Come on! Hands up, come on, yes, yes, me as well. Anybody can pull Frank Lampard, not that well apart from the girlfriend, but she's managed to get a good deal. And so she's on the phone all the time, you know, and Adrian's going, oh, I don't know, should we do the next item? It's, I mean, I just find it a bit dreary. Not half as dreary as Melinda Messenger. Oh, crikey, man, that really is. See, Kim Marsh was out on the town again the other night. Fantastic, Kim. So lovely to see that as you are the mother of the year, I was delighted to see you out at yet another birthday party, although I'm a little bit worried about who the mystery male was that you left with. Certainly not the boyfriend you told us that you were back with the other week. I hope that wasn't a publicity stunt, Kim, because you do say a lot of things just for effect. We do know that. Uh, and also, Britain's most famous streaker was in hospital the other day. I don't know if you've ever seen Mark Roberts, uh, but he takes his clothes off and jumps on. He did it on This Morning with Richard and Judy. Uh, Judy, of course, couldn't believe her eyes. Do you know, I kind of miss Richard and Judy. In a strange, perverse kind of way, I'm missing Richard and Judy. Because, I don't know why, I just, I miss, I don't know, there's something about them. I think we should put them back on the, uh, the television. Oh, I know, it's awful, isn't it? Jordan. Are they allowed to do that Kentucky Fried Bug? Mm. I mean, isn't that... Well, it doesn't say it says crunchy, but it's the same writing, isn't it? Mm. It's a Bush Tucker drive through But uh, the seventh one, she's tearfully quit. Oh, she's quit. Mm. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. Oh, bl- oh, what a shame. Oh, dear. She's like, I can't anymore. I shouldn't say it like that. She went, I can't anymore. Jordan, who faced being lowered into a pit of pythons, told the producer, I can't do another trial, I'm walking. There's only so much C dot dot dot. C dot. God, bloody, we have to work these things out now. C dot dot dot. 
that I can take. There's only... What's that do with pits and pythons? There's obviously a link here, isn't there? Anyway, she says, the way I've been treated on the show by the viewers, you'd think I was the most hated woman in Britain. You're bright. You're bright. You finally got the message, love. Finally got the message. So Jordan has uh, has walked. She's so, so says the sun. I think she's still there. I think she's still there. I've just got a feeling she's still there. I don't believe the sun. I don't believe that. I think she's still there. Oh, Kelly Brook had a birthday yesterday. Well done. And they do say, they do say here that uh, Kelly who's dating uh, Danny Cipriani, who's 22. She's 30, of course, and that's quite nice. And they said here, you know, she's been a big success in her career because uh, she's been in um, a couple of films, totally useless, and she was on The Big Breakfast, dropped. And the reason was she couldn't read autocue. She can't read big words. And the crew, and I know this because a couple of friends of mine work here, they said it used to become laughable every day, that she looks fantastic, but... Thick. So they had to... She's not hired for break... But the trouble is, if you're reading autocue and you're doing Big Breakfast, I don't care what anybody will tell you, there is an art to doing a television programme. No good sticking somebody on there who looks good first thing in the morning. Because you might as well stick Winnie the Pooh on there, because he looks good all the time. And he had a few more brains. But they, she, didn't, she couldn't read big words. And so she said, what's that? And they go, it says, antidote. Oh, what's that? They're a, she, she's a bit John and Edward, as we call them now in the business. So they had to change all the words for little words. And, if, off, to, when, you know, and things like that. And probably see dot, dot, dot. Anything like that. Anything that she could read. The other ones. And so in the end, they just the, the viewers were just wetting themselves laughing every morning. Which is not the purpose of a television programme. It is the purpose, though, of a radio programme, which is good news. I forgot to mention Mark Roberts. He, he jumped onto stage uh, because he takes all his clothes off. And he's Britain's most famous streaker. I've got no idea why. It's an embarrassment to people everywhere. Jumped on stage at the Scousology Awards. Unfortunately, of course, one thing you don't do it when it, when it's called Scousology, you can tell what sort of people there are in the audience. Okay, and um, Ricky Tomlinson was there, Stan Boardman, and six people jumped on him on stage. They'd broken his hand broke his wrist. And apparently the event organiser, Arthur Johnson, says no unreasonable... Th- I can't do the accent. No unreasonable force was used, and I've no idea how his toe would have been broken. <laughs> Shit. Right. So he's in hospital at the moment. That's good, isn't it? So that's good. He's actually very lucky at a Liverpool event called... Ska- I mean, you know, start naked. I mean, it could have done all sorts of things. And incidentally, can I be the first one to tell you, would you stop running around to try and get these stupid toys, these robotic hamsters? OK, it's got batteries in it, and people are queuing up outside Toys R Us. Obviously, somebody said, do you want to be in the paper? OK, can you just all form a queue? Because, you know, come up to Christmas, there are queues outside. You, could, you can get, There's a queue outside our local pet shop. You know, if people think you can buy robotic hamsters. Why don't you just go online? Go online to Toys R Us, order online. I ordered something the other day for my goddaughter online. I don't want to go down there and queue up. I mean, I'm just not interested in standing in a queue. Hello, I'd like to buy this. What, can you get in a queue? No, I can't. No, I can't. I don't do queues. I'm 35 years old. 30, 30, 34 years old. I don't, I don't do queues. It goes down every day. By the time we get to Christmas, I'm going to be 18. Can't wait it. Can't wait for this one. So if you want to buy anything like that, go online. Shop online. It's easier, quicker, and keeps the Royal Mail in business. LBC 97.3. I love it. Power to the people. This morning, you finally got rid of Katie Price out of the jungle. It is official. You've heard it first on LBC 97.3. She's out. The old witch is out. Mind you, of course, for the next few days, you're going to be bored witless with Katie Price. You know, people pick on me. You'd think the public didn't like me. 
Uh, no, they don't actually, dear. They absolutely hate you. It's not even a couple of people. This is thousands of people voting to give her the trial. In fact, the more you say to somebody, it's, it's, it's an old, it's an old trick, isn't it? The more you say, don't do something to a child, the more they will do it. The more somebody says to me, don't do something, the more I'm determined to do it. It's easier not to say anything. Because in the case of Katie Price, all the papers were saying, oh, she's this, she's going to walk, she's going to run and all the rest of it. She's, she hasn't even done a week. And already, I mean, she's finally realised the public hate her. I thought she'd have realised that in Brighton. People have shouted at her. Somebody confronted her in a fish and chip shop and she ran out like the big girl that she is. Nobody likes her. It's not a case... I don't think it's anything to do with Peter Andre. In fact, I'm convinced it's nothing to do with Peter Andre and them splitting up. It's got to do with the fact that nobody's ever liked... Here we go again. It's got to do with... Why you couldn't put that round the other side? I've got no idea. Really is low-cut bask again this morning. Been to the erotic show, I'm afraid. A little bit of a worry. Uh, last night, here in Oz, we crowned our equivalent to X Factor Australian Idol. There's uh, an 18-year-old guy that Australia has taken to its heart... Thank you for that. I shall check him out a little bit later on. I want to check him out before I mention who he is, just in case he's one of these strange people. Apparently, uh, Alex says Katie Price has walked out. So there you go. So she's out. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that just makes me laugh. That makes me laugh, you know, when she's, uh, when she's out. Steve, ever wondered why BA keep making losses while Ryanair and EasyJet are making a profit? BA's too expensive. I've just booked a flight to Faro in Portugal for January. £30 return. The same flight on BA. Over 200 Did you not come armed with a cup of coffee? I find that a little bit, uh, a little bit lax in your department, I'm afraid. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, I mean, I think you walked past the coffee machine. I would have thought... Uh, Jordan walked off. It's in the Daily Mail and some on the website. Finally understand, Steve, says Dave, that we all hate her. Well, certainly the majority of people voting. I've never voted. I've never voted anything like that. Even if I would feel strongly about it, I would, I would never vote for it. But I do think it's quite funny. Even Chris says, hooray! See, you don't like her, do you? You really... Now, but, but you have to explain to me, because I, I don't understand. Even Dawn knows. She says, I'm following I'm a Celebrity on Twitter, and over half an hour ago they tweeted, it's official, Katie Price has left the jungle. So it was only half an hour ago that they, uh, they tweeted that one. Thank you, as always. like to know. She's no longer on the show, so that'll be daytime there. So that's fantastic, isn't it? Isn't that good news? But um, I'd love to know why people don't like her. I mean, I know why I don't like her, because I find her cheap, vulgar, disgusting, foul-mouthed. Um, I, I, think, I think it started for me ages ago, when I just thought, OK, she's had her Botox, she's had her breasts enlarged, then she has it. And then I suddenly realised that every single thing she does, she's only got a fart or sneeze, and she sells the story to the newspaper. That's, that's all it comes down to, publicity. One of these days, and please God, it happens very soon, the papers are actually going to back off completely and just leave her. Leave her completely. Because I, th- I think we've had enough of it. I'm not interested in this stupid woman. She contributes nothing to British society. I've never, I mean, I'm quite sure she must do loads of things for charity. I'm hoping she does loads of things because she's got all this money, but she's not happy. She's miserable. Nobody wants to stay with her apart from a few sycophants and a few fairies who hang around her all the time. In fact, I said yesterday on Channel 5, they dragged up Gary Cockrell, the makeup artist, to sit there looking like he was bad drag. He had more makeup on than Melinda Messenger. And God knows she looked a bit rough. Best of times. And, uh, and he was there going, oh, the papers are against her. She's made her entire fortune through milking the newspapers. That's, that's all it comes down to. But I just want to know, is it because during the show with Peter Andre, she was constantly belittling him? Constantly putting him... Sorry. Constantly belittling... Biscuit. Biscuit. 
There we go. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. Look at these. Continental biscuits. This is what they eat on the continent, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that lovely? Mm-mm. Thank you. It's lovely. Voice has got very deep, Amanda, hasn't it? But anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, got a sore throat this morning. And, um... And I think it was because she belittled him all the time. She was constantly... In fact, I remember at one time, she turned around to him and said, don't you ever forget who earns the money. And, it, and he was made to look stupid. Even when they went on television, they, they covered for Paul O'Grady at one point or something. Oh, no, that's right, they both went on Paul O'Grady. But, in fact, Peter went on first. And I'm no big, huge fan of Peter. But when he's being put down by that, that dragon, then I'm afraid you can't have side with him. And all the people I've spoken to, the 15, 16-year-olds, because my goddaughter no, has all friends at that age, they're all Team Pete. And I, th- and I did say ages ago, if you remember, you can go back in the podcast and find it, where I said it's about time that he walked, because he can make as much money and doesn't need to put up with the abuse from her. And she is, she is bullying, I'm afraid. Tom in Canada. Morning, Tom. Jordan has quit the jungle. Fantastic, isn't it? Lovely, honestly. Perhaps we might get... Mind you, there's nobody else in there who's, who's very interesting at all. Ray and Balham. La, 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 Totally agree with you about Ronan Keating and the Hitler hairstyle. Looks ridiculous. As for his singing voice, as much as it hurts me to say, your voice is marginally better than his, but please don't give a surrendering. <laughs> Silent night, holy night. Just for you, Ray. I know you love it so much. Uh, you're right, says Joey. I saw the Shirley Bassey concert on the TV. She was Amazing. On YouTube, it's fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. But I'm looking at Paul Ronan again. Perhaps he doesn't know what to do with his hair. Perhaps Ronan doesn't know what to do with his hair. I did mention, uh, lovely... But it looks silly. It looks silly. I don't care whether he likes it. It looks silly. The stylist should say to him, it's not a good look. OK? The combing over... Hit. All he needs is a little moustache... And we're there. We can, we can write Mein Kampf all over again, I'm afraid. Because he does look a little bit like... It's just... It's a wrong style for a man of his age. You know, do what I do. When I get up in the morning, you know, I'm a little bit... I'm a bit emo. You know, I wake up, I don't know what to do with the hair, so what I do is I, I generally wash it, let it dry naturally, which, which takes, you know, a few, few sort of minutes. And then what I do is I turn my head upside down and I, I back comb and then gel up. OK? And that gives me... That's, that's a young person's look... It's something nice to live with. And as anybody who's seen me recently will know, it's what? It's... I do a little... I'm, I'm, I only use eyeliner at the weekend because I think it's necessary to highlight... Although I did have to this week. I was talking to Jack Delphin's wife, uh, lovely Rosemary, and she's got no eyebrows either. She won't thank me for telling you this, but I said I've got no eyebrows either because we're both pale. So she says she has to paint hers in. I said, well, funny you should say this. I said, because I dyed mine the other day. And so I sat there, yeah, I sat there on Saturday, and I was always taught by a makeup artist at Channel 5, uh, if, if you're lightish, don't use black for dyeing your eyelashes, use a mixture of brown and black, because that way you get a much better colour. So what I do is, and the trick for dyeing, I mean, it's, I mean you're going to laugh. <laughs> I'm laughing myself, thinking why I'm telling you. But it's only because I'm a very honest person, I've had a chocolate biscuit. Uh, what you do is you get some Atrixo, and you put a trixo above your eyebrow and underneath, because otherwise, when you dye it, you don't want the dye to bleed into your skin. See, I'm full of makeup hints, me. So, both sides, you put a trixo, just a line of it, above your eyebrow and underneath. And then when you do the, the, the filling in bit, it doesn't bleed onto your skin. Leave that for about 10, 15... First of all, you've got to mix up brown and black, because it looks better, brown and black, OK? You mix this up. This is... Hugh Broom taught me all this stuff. So you mix it all up, OK, and then what I tend to do is I tend to use an old toothbrush. 
dip the toothbrush in and then sort of brush it along and then sort of walk around hoping that nobody rings the front doorbell. Because if they ring the front doorbell, you're in big trouble and I have to put a towel around my head and pretend I'm doing an impression of Steve Allen in a burka. Because it's the only way, because otherwise they're going to go, what are you doing? My neighbour Lynn has a habit of phoning at the wrong time. Luckily, she phoned the other day and it was all right because I, I hadn't put the stuff on yet. But I was about to do it. It only takes 10, 15 minutes. I know that ladies go out and you have your eyebrows dyed and they do your eyelashes and they, they do things like that. But for any blokes listening who are pale, who've, who've got blonde hair or albino or whatever, you do need to sort of colour them in. And so I've coloured mine in, OK? There you go. That is my... That is my... My honest thing to tell you this morning, I'm now going to go outside and hang myself. Because <laughs> I wish I'd never said anything. Anyway, Ray from Woodford Green, he says, I bought my Christmas cards at Westminster Abbey on Saturday and Jenny Hanley served me, spotted my George Formby Society badge on the jacket and said her mother made a film with George and she was Diana Sheridan. Absolutely lovely. And after a nice conversation about her famous dad, Jimmy Hanley, in the late 50s, I remember her dad... Uh, advertising on the television. I remember it as well, very well. We spoke about Magpie, Crossroads with Noel Gordon, and uh, Charlie Drake's partner, Jack, as Mick, and... Oh, I don't remember that one at all. Same age as you, 62. But uh, sorry that you lost your dad in January. 89. 89. Served in the Burmese jungle in India and a member of the Burma Star Association. Ray, thank you for that. He sent me in some very nice DVDs. Very grateful. Uh, also this morning, I must mention, because I know he's sitting in the car, driving into London, Kenneth. Now, Kenneth, I can't remember how I pronounce your name. Is it, is it Matthew? Is it Matthew? But anyway, I met him the other because he was working at the Bloomsbury Hotel. He was organising all the catering and all the staff there. And he's a big LBC fan. So, Kenneth, good morning. I trust you well. And Michael J. Fitch, the magician as well. So, what a, what a good night we had. Plus Mark Howard who plays a silly waiter and said to me, oh, I'm a big fan of yours, Steve. Big fan of yours. Can I give you one of my brochures? <laughs> I haven't even started the thing and I get a brochure in my pocket. So thank you for that. Noreen went to see The Searchers. Very good. Theatre not the best. Uh, we've got Rob Brydon in St Albans tonight. God, this woman never stops. Popping in to see Diane and Elstree later. Went past the theatre we met at the other day, Radlett, three years ago. Three years ago. <gasps> Where does the time go? Where does the time go? Uh, we'll have the horse racing, because you know that we've got Matthew back this morning. Bryn has just sobbed his way through two hours of one of the loveliest films I know, which was The Railway Children, complete with, here we go again, Dinah Sheridan, Jenny Agata, Daddy, My Daddy, Sally Tomset, Gary Warren, the fabulous Mr Perks, Bernard Cribbins and uh, William Mervyn, not to forget past King Rat, David Lodge, as the conductor of the band. He said, I cried all the way through it, it's the umpteenth time I've cried, and I just love it. I adore the theme music, written by an old chum of mine, Johnny Douglas, whom I've not seen for very many years. I simply cannot shedding a tear, cannot stop shedding a tear when it's played, especially when the father returns at the end of the picture. And I wonder if any of your listeners know what Johnny uh, Douglas is doing nowadays. Anybody know? Anybody tell me? There'll be somebody. When he was King Rat... David Lodge told us all of a marvellous story of him getting that part. It was down to the master of character actor, acting Lionel Jeffries, who was directing the film. He rang him one day and said in his beautiful, rich, deep, soupy voice, What are you doing this Sunday, laddie? David said, Sorry, Lionel, I'm in the middle of making a film. I have no time. Sorry. Lionel said, No bother, dear boy. Just come along on Sunday. It'll be all over in a day. No script, nothing to learn, just a small part, which is right down your street. There's a good chap. See you Sunday. Actually, i tell you what I watched the other day, Bryn, and love to Annie too. I'm going to be seeing Bryn. Uh, and hopefully Annie as well, on Sunday. 
as I'm guest of Graham Cole at the Water Rats, Grosvenor House, Grand Room, private VIP thing to start with, all very posh indeed. I'm not sure that my stomach can handle two meals in one week, but anyway, uh, I watched Pollyanna the other day, and that's a good film too. That's another weepy. There's so many good weepies. The Amazing Mr Blunden again with David Lodgin, another good weepy, my favourite line, Mr Blunden, which one? Which one? We Three Kings of Orient are, my dears. Such a good film. It's great film. means nothing to anybody who hasn't seen it, but fabulous to me. Hugh Broom will be sobbing, sobbing upstairs into his handkerchief. He really will. Especially now I've told you about the eyeliner stuff. But anyway, all of that is to one side. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. It's quarter to six. These are the headlines. Two men have been charged with murdering a teenager who was stabbed and then run over in Stoke Newington last week. On the eve of the first public hearings into the Iraq war, the man leading the inquiry is pledging to produce a full and insightful report into what happened in the lead-up to the conflict. And passengers will check into Heathrow's Terminal 2 for the last time today. The building's being knocked down as part of a massive redevelopment project. Check on the roads for you this morning. Let's get you there nice and quickly. I know it's Monday, but here he is. He always smiles his way through the travel. You know, again, relying on other people's misery to make his job perfect. <laughs> Not at all. Hugh Broom. It's a nasty thing to say. No, I mean it in a caring way, Hugh, because oh, it's festive. Yeah. Caring reliance on misery. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> festive caring reliance on misery. Uh, A127, it was closed overnight. 7.3. It's 13 minutes to 6. Adrian and Sue... Listening online at home in Brittany, France. Very wet, wild and windy morning. Love the show. And uh, can you throw in a few more Christine Bleakley sound bites as they always crack us up? Hi, yeah. I love it. I love doing that. Although, strangely enough, there's a story in the paper that makes me wonder if I should be doing any impressions at all nowadays. Because some people go, oh, you can't do impressions of people. I mean, not, not that they're saying you can't do impressions because I'm not very good. It's a case of you shouldn't because it's racist now. So, and it's, it's, it's got to that stage where you just think the PC brigade, why don't they just bog off and go somewhere else? Because, frankly, they'll all be happy, the little mamby-pamby people, and go and sit down wherever they live. They must all come from... I think it's the same person. They, you know, they're neither male nor female. They're just sort of a plank. And they sort of write the... Dear sir, I was listening the other day, and Steve Allen distinctly did an impression of a woman off the television. <laughs> they write in... You think, what do you expect a letter back saying? Dear sad and lonely. Yes, you're quite right, he did. Question? I remember somebody once, I told you, wrote into our, our then programme uh, controller years and years ago and literally attacked every single presenter. You know, didn't like this person, didn't like that person, hate this one, why is this one here and all the rest of it. And our programme controller back, wrote back, dear Mr So-and-so, I think you should be in show business. Yours sincerely. He just signed it. <laughs> was that? Because you think, she said, I always think that people write in a complaint if they don't get many letters. You know, and I tell you what I missed last week, how stupid am I? And I even wrote it in the diary. I missed my eye examination. Mm. Should have been last week, so I've got to phone them today and book that in. Because they wrote to me, the, the day after I get the letter, you missed your eye exam. And I never miss my eye examination. You can't if you're diabetic. And, um, and I was talking to Ali Bongo's niece uh, the other day, and her other half, I think it could be her husband, uh, he's diabetic, but has been since he was nine so he's been injecting since he was nine, and he's just had his uh, glaucoma eye test. I said, well, I've just missed mine, so I've got a phone. They sent me a letter, and it's one of those stern letters saying, listen, either you phone us back within ten days of this letter, or you'll wait a year, which is, uh, you know, you can't wait, can't wait that long. With Nick Ferrari this morning, doing the papers, Kip Malthouse, Deputy Mayor of London, and uh, he'll be going through the papers. There's, there's, there's not a lot in there. There's a very interesting story, which I'll tell you about in a, in a second. Plus... 
Uh, they're going to be talking about the Conservatives. Are they institutionally racist? Do you know, honestly, we bandy this around everywhere. I always thought the idea was that it's, it's people who can't bear other people laughing at them or pointing at them. But everybody goes through life. Every single person, I don't care who they are or who you are, every single person has been bullied at some point in their life. At some point, somebody at school or in your adult life or at work has said something to them which they didn't like. It's not possible to go through life without it happening. You know, at school, I was, I was too... What did somebody say to me once? You're too, why don't you just grow up, somebody said to me. And I remember standing there thinking, you boring... This was a teacher. This was a teacher. Ha! Who's laughing now? Certainly not the teacher. And, and everybody gets picked on. You're either too tall, too flat... Oh, most of my teachers are alive. Oh, God, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, how old do you think I am? I'm 34, for God's sake. Of course they're alive. Ridiculous, honestly. I really think you should cover up. I'm, I'm going to have to go to HR, I think, later. I'm not working with people who are wearing basques and thigh-length boots in here anymore. Who's HR? What do they call it? H-E, then? What's HR? I don't know what HR is. Oh, right. HR. It's a new person in the building. HR. And uh, what else he get? He's going to be talking as well about drinking water for radiant skin. You know you're supposed to drink eight cups of water a day, and this keeps wrinkles at bay. Rubbish. Rubbish. Cream keeps wrinkles at bay. Water's got nothing to do with it. Actually, water's very good for you, but only for flushing out the system, because you are... Uh, inside, uh, sorry, you, inside is what you radiate outside. So, in other words, if you're looking, so if you look in the mirror now, many of you, go on, I dare you, go on, look in the mirror. If you're looking rough, it's because the inside of you is even worse. Okay, just to cheer you up today. So, it's no good slapping on loads of makeup because that's not going to help. Because if you're not good inside, you don't radiate health outside. And one of the reasons is you should drink more water. I have a friend, Graham. I mean, no matter how much water he's going to drink, it's not going to help him. He is past redemption. There is nothing. He's tried the Boots cream. I mean, he's 103, for God's sake. You know, I'm like his carer. In the morning, I meet him on the train, and he, he sits, and he doesn't know where he is. You know, you have to help him off the train and get him onto the... Oh, it's just a nightmare. Uh, plus, they're going to be talking about... Uh, there was another story that they were doing. Oh, that's right, Tony Blair. Uh, do you think he's deceived the British public in the uh, run-up to the parliamentary uh, elections. And plus, National Rail accepting pay-as-you-go Oyster cards. What a brilliant idea. Can't happen quick enough, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, another one here. Have you seen Lady Gaga's video for paparazzi? She pulls various stunts to stay in the public eye, even when her fame is waning. Uh, she's, uh, he's, she's booked for Royal Variety. But there again, it's in Blackpool, so they are, they are welcome to it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and Ray says, I'm pleased to say... I've never wasted my time watching I'm a Celebrity, but from what I hear on your show and read in the papers, I doubt if the joint IQs of the contestants run into double figures. How cruel, Ray. I know why you enjoy this programme, because we're equally cruel. Somebody said, you know, your, uh, your uh, IQ equals your shoe size. So it's not as big as your shoe size. Always always quite a good line, actually. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Sue used to love Hayley Mills, all the films she was in. My favourite was The Parent Trap. Good. Rain Greenford. I feel the BBC newsreaders prancing about for children in need is a bit unsettling. I totally agree. I'm sick to death of it every, uh, every year. The silly newsreaders. Oh, and here we are doing another dance. Stop it and read the news. OK? Uh, John says they had a close-up of Jordan's face last night. More spots than a Dalmatian. She does... That's why she cakes the makeup on. And the problem is that when you've got a lot of makeup on, the one thing you're supposed to do every night is cleanse your skin. 
because if you leave makeup on, it clogs your pores, and you're supposed to take makeup off. Now, a lot of people don't. They leave it on, and then what they do is touch up, which means that you go blotchy. I mean, the reason I'm such an expert on ladies' makeup is for five years, we did a health and beauty programme on LBC with Estee Lauder. And Sarah Griffiths would come in every week, and she's now head of European marketing for the whole of Estee Lauder. And she would advise us on what to do. And the big key word, exfoliate. Exfoliate. Do not leave your makeup on. Exfoliate. Take it off. Cleanse. You know, even if you're using, even if you can't afford to use makeup, the one thing you should use is a flannel. Ring it out. Never use soap on your face. Very bad for you because it dries your skin out. The properties in soap dry your skin out. So just a hot flannel or a warm flannel, wring it out, put it over your face, makes like a little, you know, steam bath for it, and that's, that's good enough. And some cold cream before you go to bed at night, that's all you need. And I promise me you'll look as, as gorgeous as I wished I looked at this time of the morning. But I'm, I look that great. It doesn't matter. Uh, another one here. I see, uh, uh, sorry, what was this one here? Oh, how come when Mariah Carey was singing her song last night, she had to use Dermot's microphone to talk? Um, Because I suspect she was miming. I suspect she was miming. Most of these people will not risk using live mics in case. If they they have an off bit, then uh, it it can ruin it. So, unfortunately, uh, it, it doesn't work all the time. Morning, Mark. Uh, Louis Walsh said live on the ITV2 show what management John and Ed would have. Uh, did Susan Boyle sing live? It sounded good, but something didn't seem right. She didn't hit any of the notes. And the one thing... Well, she hit the notes, not necessarily in the right order, but the one thing on the record that they, that they can do is stretch a note out. In other words, I can record something for in conversation, and through the clever technology we have, if I've recorded it in five seconds, they can stretch it out to fit eight seconds. By the same token, you can make it a bit smaller. And the one thing they've done with Susan Boyle's record is they've stretched out the notes. When, it, when she goes, so wild horses, they've stretched out the note at the end. When she does it live, she can't... That was my tummy as well. I know, it's awful. It's just, it's, I know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know what goes on inside my body. Must drink more water. So, th- so they've stretched the note out on Susan Boyle. When she sings live, she doesn't have that great lung capacity because she's not a trained singer. You ask Michael Crawford. Michael Crawford, when he, he sang a song from, from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar called Gethsemane. And in Gethsemane, there is a note that lasts for about three minutes. Or two Whatever it is, it's the longest note I've ever heard. And Michael had to train for this. See, you don't seriously think that Susan Boyle is a trained singer. No. She sang in the local church, like hundreds and thousands of people across the country. Michael Crawford's chest went barrel-shaped. Susan Boyle started off barrel-shaped, but I don't think it was anything at all to do with singing. So that's why they've had to extend the notes. So when she sings it live, it sounds somewhat different. 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk A lot of you not agreeing with the newsreaders on the television singing for children in need. They only made 20 million. Not bad, to be honest with you, in a, uh, in, in a recession. But, uh, Steve, I was uh, totally bored... With Fridays, children in need, uh, because we had um, Toss Daly was on, and Alicia Dixon. Although a friend of mine you heard yesterday, I don't know if he, I can't remember if he said it online, but you know that Jonathan Levi made the programme with Fern Cotton. Well, he's been commissioned to make another six next year, which is not bad going, and um, he will be looking. One of the men he's looking at. 
is Robbie Williams. I said to him, you're determined to upset my life. <laughs> uh, 84850, Patricia, Mr Allen, oh, how sweet, just woken up to hear you say that Jordan contributes nothing to society. Much of what she earns is taxed, providing the Treasury with vital funds. God, you're bright, aren't you? Wait a minute, Liverpool. You weren't at that dinner the other night, were you, dear? I should imagine you probably were. 84850, uk. We'll take a short break for the news. Other side of that, we will go into the papers. I've got such a strange story to tell you. And it, it ties in quite nicely with the... How are you? It, 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 it ties in only so much as... You mention this story to everybody and they go, What? Oh, for goodness sake, how daft is that? And that's the kind of way it is this morning, because it's Monday morning, it's LBC 97.3, and we will be finding out how we're going to be doing in the horse racing and how we did the other day in the horse racing, because uh, the Schofield is back. All of that and more, the other side of the news, right here on LBC 97.3. That's a big smile, Eileen. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday morning. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You are very... I've been cold this morning. Got outside and it's... The wind everywhere. Absolutely dreadful. Then, of course, all those floods, which made news pictures. It's not the first time I've seen floods, but it's the first time I've seen bridges in Cumbria, which is a beautiful part of the country. One of them, which is a very, very old bridge, and they're going, oh, look, it looks fine, doesn't it? And the giveaway's in the middle of the bridge. It started dipping, and it's there, and the engineers have said that now there is a huge crack that's appeared. It's literally, I would think, a matter of hours before all of a sudden there's a heart-rending crack and the whole bridge disappears down the river. It's absolutely phenomenal. This is all part of the floods. This is the, I think it's the Calver Bridge in Workington. And the worst thing is they built these bridges not just for aesthetic purposes. It gets people from one side to the other. There's villages cut off now. And so it's, it's going to be dreadful. It's going to cost millions and millions, but that's what people have got insurance for. We hope you've got insurance. The other thing, and I must tell you this this morning, because it's a, it's a scam that's operating in London. Jonathan Levi nearly got caught by it the other day, and he told us the story. And it's one that you've heard before, but his had a good ending. He, was, he went to a cash point the other day, and it's a cash point in Dean Street, in Soho, and there is always a bloke who sits by the cash point. You've seen them before, you know, you've got any spare change? No, that's why I'm going to a cash point, okay? And it only gives notes out. So he goes to the cash point, he puts his card in to take £20 out. Somebody comes up to him, he said, because, and and this person says, excuse me, mate, I think you've dropped that. The bloke's sitting by the cash point, where, yeah, that fell out out your pocket, mate. A £10 note. So he looks down, and there's a £10 note. He bends down to pick it up. As he picks it up, somebody leans round, takes his card, gone. So he has his his £20, but he doesn't have the card. But he's got the £10 on the floor. Now, Jonathan Levi, being a canny person, has internet banking. He has telephone banking. He phoned up. Within a minute, the card was cancelled. Within 15 minutes, they tried to withdraw £450 from another cash point because they'd obviously watched him and they'd seen him doing the number. Because many of you don't put your hands over when you're trying to take money out the cash point. So, now, that didn't work because what they do, and I'll explain it very briefly, all of you have a limit to how much money you can draw out every day. It might be £300, £200, £150, whatever it happens to be. So they tried 450 They didn't get it. Ten minutes later, they tried 350 
didn't work because the card had been cancelled. Next time they tried the card, they put in 150. Still didn't work. In the end, they realised that the card had been cancelled. So he'd cancelled it within two minutes. And that's why it's very, very important, if you've got a diddly-dip machine card, that you've got internet banking, so that if somebody takes it, you can cancel it within seconds. The good news is that he might have to wait for a new card, but he's £10 up on the deal, because he's got their £10. So well done, Jonathan. Be warned, a lot of the people sitting by the cash points are crooks. They're there. If anybody says to you, when you're there, oh, excuse me, I think you've just dropped that. No, you haven't. OK, somebody tried to mug Amanda. We've had this before. She scared them off. But there again, you know, that's, that wasn't too difficult. She just had to turn around and go, sorry. And they went, Ooh, and round up, round, screaming down the road. So be warned. If you buy a cash point, there's a person sitting there going, excuse me, mate, you've got some money. They're generally in league with the people who are going to rob you. And if anybody says, oh, you've just dropped that fiver... No, I haven't. And just watch your card. So just make sure. If somebody intrudes on your space, you tell me to go, excuse me, there's a line there, OK? Make sure you're behind it. Crooks, ladies and gentlemen. But well done to Jonathan, who's ten quid up on the deal. So don't let anybody distract you. It's called the distraction technique. They do it all the time. It's like getting on a bus. Anybody gets on a bus now and they've got a coat over their arm, I'm watching them. Because nine out of ten times, they're thieves. And what they're doing is, yeah, that was the old trick. What they do is they, they, they wait for a crowded bus... And they get on with their coat over their arm and they're pushing and pushing, but their other hand is working underneath the coat. And they're working your bag or your pocket. I mean, I know it sounds balmy, but this is London. Coming up to Christmas, you're going to, you'll be in, there'll be people on the streets flogging this dodgy perfume, and you'll be standing there, they'll see where you've got your purse and your wallet. You've seen pickpockets, you've seen how they operate. Some people do it in circuses and places like that, and they show you how easy it is to get a watch off, a tie, glasses. Taking a wallet out of your pocket, easy peasy. So be careful. You're going to be in crowded areas. You're going to be taking your wallet out and putting it back in. You're only going to be jostled by a few people and somebody going, oh, sorry, did you drop that? Or they'll, they'll drop something in front of you. The moment you bend down, whoop, they've got your wallet. Don't let it ruin your Christmas. I tend to find, if it's women, just punch them. I tend to find that that's quite handy. It's really, these, these people are out there, they have no qualms whatsoever. They don't steal from you, they'll steal from somebody else. It'll, it'll ruin your day. At least Jonathan got ten quid up on the deal. I thought that was a result. To cancel his card and get ten quid, he's very, very happy. Very happy. Maureen says, when I first watched Susan Boyle on YouTube, I thought she was very good. I then watched her on the USA Strictly Come Dancing. Well, I've changed my mind. Good voice, not great, no presence. How has her album become best-selling? Because it's hype. It's hype, because we talk about it, and there'll be people out there going, oh, I've got to go and... I've got to buy Susan Boyle's out. I don't know anybody who's buying it, but somebody must be. Because they've got advanced orders of, well, loads. Loads and loads of advanced orders. Deadwood are out, thank goodness. But as they have been told, you're going to make a small fortune. Nobody else will be told this in The X Factor, because they won't be. Ashley Cole was out with his wife. She looks fairly happy. He looks miserable as sin. She's wearing the same hairstyle she wore on The X Factor. Uh, people are running out of food to eat at the moment in Cumbria because of these bridges being swept away. They've got to get people in. I had 200 rescued so far. Only one life lost, for which we should be eternally grateful. But it was a shame it was that policeman who had saved other people. I mean, I don't know how you cope with that coming up to Christmas. There's a 90-mile detour to cross... The floods, as all the, the bridges, I'm afraid, are shut. And the Calver Bridge at Workington, as I say, there's huge cracks appeared there. 
as the water, which has reached unprecedented levels, is now eating away at it. Uh, more on John and Edward Grimes. Right, let's hopefully we've seen the end of you. But, of course, we haven't, because they're going to be... Uh, all over the place at Christmas. There'll be magazine covers. OK, they'll be at home with the Grimeses, which will be filmed. I would think in about a week's time, OK, generally, take Christmas round in a van. It arrives in a van, the tree, the fake presents and the, the dinner, and they put it all on the table and they pretend this is what people are doing at Christmas. It's a little old baloney, but we all buy into it. Uh, banks are now plotting. Bad news this, uh, today for Monday. They're plotting to impose charges on all cash machines. You know, at the moment, it's free. Soon, you'll be paying £2.50. There is £2.50 to take money out. Frankly, I, I don't know how we're going to get round this one. I, do, I don't think it's right you should have to pay to take money out of the bank. They make enough money. It's disgraceful, isn't it? 64,000 cash machines in the UK. At the moment, 38,500 are free to use. What, you mean some people pay already? So some people pay already to take money out. I thought they were all free. Obviously not. <laughs> Shan't be paying. Listen, I tell you, mean old Steve Allen, I should be finding all the free ones. I suppose if you go to your own bank, it's all right, isn't it? You go to your own bank. But if you go to somebody else's bank, they might start charging. So I, I will not be paying £2.50. Let me tell you, I'm far too mean. Far too mean. OK, quick, uh, quick time check. Quarter past six. <laughs> Let's have a check on the uh, news headlines this morning. It's a welcome return to Matthew Schofield. Hendon MP Andrew Dismore's the latest... LBC 97.3. Good news, Shilpa Shetty's got married. OK, end of that story. She's got married uh, near Mumbai. And, uh, strangely enough, I feel a bit sorry this morning for Stephen Ambrose. And the reason I feel sorry for him is he was celebrating his birthday the other day, but inadvertently, unbeknownst to him, upon casualty, a telephone number was flashed up on the screen. Now, normally, they use out-of-date numbers or they take a digit off. In this case, it was his number. And you do get certain people who will go, oh, that's a f- let's dial that number, see who's at the end of it. It was him. So he got all these phone calls. The moment the programme finished, he started getting phone calls on his phone. And the programme had to apologise and say, I'm terribly sorry about it. Who are these stupid people who see a number on the television on a pretend programme and phone it up? Sad, lonely people, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they do. They sit there phoning, hello, hello. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that a doctor? <laughs> it just makes you... It just, you just can't believe that there's people like that. But there are. The Sun this morning, Jedward Deadwood. But they're going to make money. Uh, doing what? I've got no idea, but I'm sure that uh, Lulu Walsh will think of something very interesting. If you haven't heard already, uh, Katie Price has walked out of the jungle. Hooray! There's a result from all the people who voted for all the Bush-Tucker trials, which is very good. Uh, apparently, Jude Law tried to stop students gawping at him. He pelted them with oranges. He probably didn't, but they just like to make it sound interesting. He flung four pieces of fruit after spotting girls waving at him from a uni dorm overlooking his New York flat. Jude, who'd been practising yoga on a balcony, missed their windows with the first two but hit with the second salvo. Student Neha Najib says there was orange pulp on the glass for a week. We don't like Jude Law anymore. Stupid girl. Stupid girl, honestly. So one minute a fan, and then you start waving and intruding on his uh, time, and, uh, and then he, he throws two bits of orange, and it was on your window, and you, you big girl's blouse, we don't like him anymore. Well, he's best off without you. Best off without you, I'm afraid. Um, star quality, Jedward. Well, oh, that's called a Lulu Walsh. I don't think star quality. Mind you, if you consider Westlife or Boys Own Stars, well, then you probably think they're stars as well. Um, another one here very quickly. This is uh, Gino DeCampo. 
uh, Sam Fox and Lucy Benjamin. Apparently Sam Fox has, has gone down in the ratings from a celebrity. They said, you know why? It's because for the first, for the first bit of I'm a celebrity, they're all aware of the cameras and they all, they all sort of, okay, okay. I'll see it covered up this time. And uh, so they're all aware of the cameras. After a week, they forget the cameras are there and they start behaving normally. And that's when they're true colours. After we discovered the other day that Gino DeCampo has a past... I'm afraid I can't sort of, uh, I can't take Jim anymore. Samantha Fox, I still think she could win. <coughs> now we've got rid of Jordan out of the jungle. Lucy Benjamin, I think, will be the next one to break down. She spent a lot of time crying, which, of course, we all find immensely funny. And who had the money to buy Michael Jackson's Diamante glove? And how much it went for? £255,000. Who? For a Michael Jack... It doesn't even do anything. It doesn't do anything. It's just a glove that um, was uh, worn when he did his famous moonwalk. A Hong Kong businessman, 36 years old, bid on behalf of a posh hotel in Macau. He called the price a fairly good discount. What's he got money? It must be a hotel that's got a gambling casino in it. Mind you, they're all gambling casinos, aren't they? If it's a casino, it's gambling. Because otherwise, why would you spend that much money? That's an enormous amount of money. Wow. That is for not 250... I mean, I would be a fan, but I wouldn't spend 200... 50, for crikey, 255,000. Trevor MacDonald is in the paper today. The reason Trevor MacDonald is in the paper is because there are claims that he was the victim of racist impressions by, by an ITV newsreader. Now, I have to be honest, the, the uh, person who has made the claim is Lisa Aziz, who is mentioned in the paper. Now, I remember Lisa Aziz because she was a newsreader. Was she GMTV or TVAM or one of these... Was it some... I'm sure it was an early morning break. can't remember which one it was. But anyway, um, she is suing ITV for, wait for this, five million because she claims race, sex and age discrimination. She says another newsreader mimicked Sir Trevor and also uh, did other impressions. But loads of people mimic Sir Trevor. In fact, I do believe Dawn French's husband made a career out of mimicking Sir Trevor McDonut. Here's the news at 10, Sir Trevor McDonut. Everybody does it. Now, if that's racist, you might as well just close down every comic who's ever worked in the country. Lisa Aziz, I can tell you at the moment, suing for five million. And frankly, I mean, I'm also suing a number of people here for... Well, I'm hoping to get a bag of jelly babies out of it. Because a lot of people have snubbed, snubbed, ladies and gentlemen, my advances. OK? I have made approaches to a number of people within the company. I don't want to name names. But I have made approaches, and they, they have snubbed me. And they said, I'm terribly sorry, Steve, I do not want to go out with you. Now, fr- now frankly, it's upset me quite, quite a bit. And I'm, ne- I'm toying with the idea of having time off. If it wasn't for that, I'd miss the money. I'm not doing it. So I feel equally upset. She's currently in the Priory for stress and depression. And I begin to wonder, are people really in the real world nowadays? We seem to bandy this around, don't we? So, you know, if I go, how are you? That apparently is now offensive. Well, I don't care, I'm afraid. I'm going to continue being offensive because the day that you can't make jokes or have a bit of fun at somebody else's expense, we might as well just pack up and go home. But the idea of... Who comes up with... I think that's worth £5 million for for, for depression and and this... Oh, I tell you, the Priory must be laughing. Because every too often they'll find somebody who'll go in there. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap. But all this thing about, you know, I was sidelined because I was too old or I was sidelined because I was this. And then the other day we had an Asian newsreader whose Wikipedia entry 
frankly, why she warranted one, I've got no idea, was, was altered by somebody else who claimed that she'd only got where she was because she'd slept with the right people. Because you know that you can change Wikipedia, you can put anything you like on it. So if I say that uh, I only go out with tall people, somebody could alter mine to say, well, actually, Steve Allen's going out with a two-foot-three-inch person who currently works in a circus. You know, it's, it's as easy as that to do. I do find it terribly worrying, though. Rav Wilding is being terrorised on Facebook by a woman stalker. Certainly wouldn't buy, be by an agent, would it, Rav? Because, let's face it, I think we've seen the extent of your talent. Thank you very much indeed. So, uh, enough already. I think you should go back to being a policeman. I really do. I think you're wasting your time in the world of show business. You're a bit naff. You know, it's no good relying on looks. We'd rather see somebody with talent just standing there attempting to read an auto cue. I'm afraid is is not enough as far as I'm concerned. I'm looking for a little bit more in this day and age. Phil says, if banks start charging, can I charge them for using my money in the tax bailout? Hmm. I think so. Angela reckons that there's a, a bus that runs between Baker Street and, and Sudbury. A gang of pickpockets work in it. They're everywhere in London. I don't think it would be anyone, but what they do is, the moment they get discovered, they move to something else. I should imagine there are gangs at the moment who would be working out how to target shops in the run-up to Christmas. That would be fairly safe, but it's the people sitting by the cash points that you should worry about. People sitting by cash points who could be in with the gangs who are there to relieve you of your card. My advice is, if in doubt, use a machine. Why they can't be inside? Why we can't have a cash point inside a bank, inside like a little room and you go in there and you just shut the door and you use the cash point and then you walk out again i don't see i don't see why there would be any problem it would take but five minutes to erect a small you know you're not looking for something that's bomb proof you're just looking for something that's private you go in there and you shut the door behind you and you do it why can't banks do this there's so much fraud on on cards i think it would be great Declan says, my son earns tenner a week to do his paper round this is paid into his bank account so now it'll cost him two pound fifty to draw it out Actually, it won't, provided he draws it out from the bank where it is. It's probably if you go to other banks. Other ba- and that's where you do get the problem. I did say yesterday, I was right. I was so right. The moment Wills and Harry got their money from Diana's estate, they set up... What did they set up? Come on. They set up their own foundation. And why do people set up foundations? Because it has distinct tax advantages, as well as giving to charity. LBC. 90s. Do you know, honestly, there are certain things... It's like when I came back from holiday a short while ago, you know, you arrive at the airport, you put your cases down, you go, it's great to be back. There are certain things that make you feel, you know, good to be back in this country, and Matthew Schofield makes you feel that it's all right with the world if, if he's there in the morning. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It's probably the only thing I shall ever say. Yes, but, uh, no, did, did you have a nice holiday? I did, thank you, yes. Good. Yes. Was, it, was it somewhere warm and... Uh, partly. Oh, partly, partly. warm. So West you... coast of America, some of it was lovely, and some, some of it, it absolutely tipped it down. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, well, no, mind. as long as you had a nice time. I did. That was Thank a long you. holiday, though. Two weeks. <laughs> I've still got more to take as well. Have you? Yeah. Do you, I mean, is it compulsory you have to take it? Well, you don't have to, but, right. um, you know, I feel that you should take your, your allocation. Yes, I never do. No. I'm not a holiday person. I know. I, I just know. get, you know, yeah. I can't lie on a beach. I look silly. No, I can't. I, can't. It's, I, I get bored and, and I can do everything else. The rest, when I finish this morning, if I want to go sightseeing, I can go yes. sightseeing. I don't, and also, I'm not a hot person. I don't like doing, you know, trudging around in a pair of well, shorts. Well, no, nor me, but part of it is just not having to get up at 4am. Yeah, see, I don't mind nice. that. 4am, no, no, no. I'm up at 2. Well, I know you are, yeah. Yeah, that's almost a lie-in, 4. Yes. 
<laughs> Although I have to tell you that on Friday we said farewell to Katie. Yes. This morning we said farewell to another Katie out of the jungle, so it's obviously running in tandem. <laughs> but she did amazingly for two weeks. Did she? Four winners. Oh, good for her. An eight-pound profit. Wow. And as Alex says, now we've got Matthew back from his world tour. All downhill from here. We can't expect to see the losses <laughs> grow to extreme lengths. Unless we can persuade Katie that early mornings are for her. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, on Friday she didn't do well. She had Broomy Law, sixth out of ninth, lost two pounds, so she's 61. £1.59. Uh, Alex has had some really good winners. Oh. He's, uh, many rivers to cross was third, so he lost £2, but his total loss now is £2.54. Oh, dear. He's, he really, he's, oh, he's had some goodies. Oh, dear, dear, dear. So the Monday selection for him, he's off to Kempton, the two o'clock, Cast Carder. Cast Carder. OK, they also run at Ludlow and Foss Lass. I've never heard of Foss Lass. Foss Lass. Have you ever heard of no. Foss Lass? I've heard of Foss Fass Lane. But yes. not, not Foss Lass. No, I haven't. What's it mean? It's in Northern Ireland, I think. Oh, we, yeah. we think. Oh, right, we think. <laughs> I what it means. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, 125 at Kempton for me. Right. Amy Gale. Amy Gale. Yeah. OK, fingers crossed, because we, we have the mince pies in the cupboard already and waiting. She had them on a few occasions, as you can imagine. I hope they're not stale old ones. Certainly I not. Some fresh new no, ones. I have bought fresh. Also, the sell by date is not till next year. Oh, good. So, specifically, and they're the ones with the whiskey in that you like. Oh, yes. So, uh, to keep you going, you know, but uh, as I say, I think we're, we're pretty safe in leaving them in the cupboard till the yeah, new year. Yeah, I think you probably are. But it's yeah. nice to have you back with us. Thank you. We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Off he goes. Matthew Schofield, back from his holidays. But Katie did very well. In fact, she cost us an arm and a leg when we had to start sharing out mince pies and everything all over the place, which was good. Uh, I like the idea from, uh, from Kit. He said it's official then. Katie Price has become... And I can't read it, but it's very funny. But there's a link between Katie Price and the twins who left. Both a pair of... And, and that's as far as I can go with it. But it, it is very funny. I do like it, actually. Can we be confident in the stated CD record advance audience figures, says Colin? Or do the artists, managers issue them, or the record companies? No, the, um, this particular one came from Amazon. And Amazon have issued the figures on it. And for advance orders, Susan Boyle has got the best, the, the best advance orders. Although, to be honest with you, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think highly unlikely she'll go to album number two. Because people are going to realise that she cannot deliver this album live in concert. She'll not be doing any live dates. Because she can't. She, she's going to be a, an artist who'll record in a studio. And I think after a while, once we've had the hype, and the bearing in mind, this time next year, we'll have gone through another three programmes, and we'll have another load of people. So Susan Boyle, they've got to capitalise quickly now, get it around the world. One of the few artists who could probably sell in America, because the Americans will buy into anything. We could probably send them the twins and they go crackers. That's a good idea, isn't it? There's something to ponder about a little bit later on today, which is good. Uh, last night, Warren went to the Will Young gig at the Hammersmith Apollo. First time I've seen him in concert, he did a good 90-minute set. Good band and excellent sound. Now, that's interesting, because Will Young can go out and do a 90-minute set. Can you imagine Susan Boyle doing... No! Not even a 10-minute set. It will never, ever happen. But on Wednesday, the 25th of November which is this Wednesday, Twickenham's famous Eel Pie Club, will feature the vocalist Paul Cox and his blues band. Paul Cox found fame when he was chosen by the late and great Ray Charles to be the support act for the final European tour. Paul Jones described him as the best UK blues singer in the UK. Doors, 8.30 for 9.15. Way too late for me. 9.50. Gosh, I've been in bed three hours by that time. And uh, the best place for live blues music is the Eel Pie Club. And they've got a website, eelpieclub.com. OK, good luck for that. eelpieclub.com. This week, 
I'm very lucky because we'll be recording Christopher Lloyd of Back to the Future fame and tons of other stuff for In Conversation. And I think we're going to have to, because otherwise there's going to be a dead horse's head in somebody's bed, have to record Michael Winner. It's going to be, it's going to be um, the, the producer's bed. How on earth he's going to get in there? And then I suddenly realise it is the producer. Most people know her address. So, um, so there'll be a dead horse's head in the bed. Go on, take action. Go on, take action. Take me to court. See if I care. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. It'll never appear in the podcast. You watch. By the time I get to the podcast, that'll be taken out straight away. I don't mess around. Uh, Steve, we've just heard on the news, says Richard, that uh, Louis thinks the twins, John and Edward, may have a career in pantomime. Well, do you know, I'm going to disagree. I mean, even though they could pay Tweedledum and Tweedledummer, I don't think they will. I'll tell you for why. Because I think the novelty will wear off pretty quickly. Once they've come on and they've jumped around a couple of times, you're going to be going, OK, that's it. What else do you do? The answer is, that's it. They don't do anything else. They just jump around. So, not going to happen. And who was the car expert on LBC? He was Gerard Sauer. Gerard Sauer, I used to use as well on LBC. This was the man who knew everything about cars. I promise you, an absolute expert. He used to come down from Luton, and somebody would phone up and say, I've got um, a 1987 Volvo, blah, 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 and it's doing this. And he would go, yes, this, in the 97 one, what they And he would tell you exactly what was the matter with it. I mean, he was, ab- without the aid of books, computers, nothing. He knew everything about cars and would say, there was a fault with this one. When you go back to the garage, you tell them to look in so-and-so, so-and-so, and they'll be able to repair that straight away. It's not a very expensive... He would tell you how much it would cost. He was absolutely brilliant. I can only tell you that over the years, LBC has had experts on who are, who are fantastic. And so he was the one, Gerard Sauer. And I bumped into him a short while ago because I used to use him up until uh, a few years ago. And then I think it became a lot of a long trek down from Luton to do it. But you could come up with any car. I could say so-and-so, so-and-so. And we used to get flooded out with calls because if there's the one thing that you all worry about, it's things going wrong with your car. And my advice is, if you want your car to last a long time, regular servicing. If you leave it till it goes wrong, other things have gone wrong in the interim period. So you always get your car regularly serviced, especially coming up to Christmas. Because coming up to Christmas, there's going to be... You don't want to break down over Christmas... Well, this advice for you this morning, honestly, here's me. Here's being Mother, Mother Allen telling you, you know, don't go to cash points. If there's people sitting by a cash point, go somewhere else. Don't you wish that every single person you know listened to LBC? Don't you wish that other radio stations who don't have as many people listening at this time of the morning could have advice going out that would actually help you in your life as opposed to going, this is, that was, here we go in the weather? I mean, how dull is that? At least on here we're being honest. Oh, bad news is Jane Fonda's in a wheelchair. Only a short while ago, we were told how fantastic she looked for 71. However, she did go out the other day to the airport and she did get pushed to the aircraft. But there again, I also have been pushed to the aircraft. I quite like it. I tend to find if you, if you develop a limp as you're sort of going there, somebody will immediately get one of these. Well, she, because she's, she's 71 and she's got a, she does have a titanium hip implant, an artificial knee, and she's had operations on her back. So, going through metal detectors is sort of a bit like a disco for her. You know, it's quite nice. Actually, I tend to find as well, if, if you're in doubt at the airport and you can't get into the toilet, ladies, develop a limp and use a disabled one. It's so much easier. Because women always have to queue for the toilet. Wherever you go, be it a show or anything else, the biggest queue will be for the ladies' toilet. Because they, they never think about it. They never think that that many ladies are going to want to go to toilet. 
But they do. Gentlemen, we just go in, we can share a cubicle, we can do anything. I mean, not intentionally, obviously. Uh, no, sorry, not, not, not share a cubicle. I didn't mean share a cubicle. Heavens above. On what on earth was I thinking on a Monday morning? Uh, Foss Lass is the newest race course in Britain, says Alex, and can be found in Mid Wales. Apparently, it's built on an old coal mine waste tip. There's lovely. So I knew he'd know. I knew he'd know. Steve, says Liz, wasn't Jordan's boyfriend going to the jungle to propose? Yes, but apparently she doesn't want to marry him. You know why? Because he's only temporary. It's just there to sort of wind everybody up and go to Pete. Oh, look, I can go out with somebody else. Pete, of course, going out with nobody. And she's going out. She doesn't want to marry him. You know why? Because he might take her for money. And she's she's not that stupid. Not that stupid. Uh, More in the paper today. The Daily Mail have gone uh, overboard with... um, with a television newsreader suing ITV for five million, claiming a coll- I mean, how this has got anything to do with anybody else? I mean, I actually mock my, my producer's accent because she's South African, and so I spend a lot of time talking South African to her because it's, you know, it makes her feel at home. The fact she lives in London now, I mean, she's, you know, I don't want to say too much about her because it's an embarrassment, but, you know, I always say, good morning, Amanda, how are you? And she, she feels at home. But, I mean, I would be absolutely mortified... And also her Christmas present would not be forthcoming. You know, if, if she ever said, Steve, I don't want you to mock my accent, because it's a compliment. I look on it as we have a, a, a sort of a relationship. I think she sees it a bit more than a relationship, but I'm just seeing it as a, as a working relationship. You know, we've had trouble when she goes off and comes back in these inappropriate outfits. Luckily, we're in winter. Thank God for that. Thick, double hosier stockings, as far as I'm concerned, is the way forward. And a big... A big overcoat with a scarf around the neck. We don't want any of this summer gear that she wears. Not in favour of that. So, more on Lisa Aziz, who claims that she was set up. And the man who she's claiming did these impressions. I would have thought anybody in a, in a working within a building who did impressions would be somebody to applaud. Because it can be quite depressing news at times. If you've got somebody, you know, making light of it and having a bit of a laugh, then that's good news. And the one thing we want at the moment is good news. Because there's far too much depressing news around. So that's why the Steve Allen programme is here, to bring you good news. And the good news is, Jordan's left the camp, OK? Mainly because you've upset her so much because you made her do the Bush Tucker trials. And she suddenly realised that she's going to come out and have to go back to that cross-dressing boyfriend. And that's enough to send anybody screaming and rushing to eat creepy crawlies. Quarter to seven. With the news headlines, Matthew Schofield. Hendon MP Andrew Dismore's the latest. Steve Allen. It's 11 minutes to seven. Come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. I know many of you lying there going, cold. don't want to get up. I put the heating on last night. I toyed with it. And then I decided to put the heating on. And I sort of, I sort of sat there and I thought, should I put the heating on? I thought, yeah, put the heating on. And luckily, within ten minutes, it heated up. The producer just telling me she's got high ceilings. And if you live in, in, a, in a Victorian squat. Uh, it's sometimes you've got, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you do, but I'm saying if you live in a Victorian squat, you've got very high ceilings, they take forever to heat up because the heat goes right up to the ceiling. Unless you're recording Mary Poppins, I love to laugh, you know, there's no point because up on the ceiling, it's beautifully warm. So in other words, the people upstairs get the benefit because they now think they've got underfloor heating. You, of course, are sitting downstairs going, it's still cold. We've had the fire on all day. And then you open the door and you go, leaves are blowing down, tumbleweed going down the corridor, it's freezing. But, and e- even the cat goes round going, cold, cold. So you make a little jacket for it, and the cat sits there going, oh, I could have found a better family than this. I was happy and warm. Oh, not more of that cold food again this morning. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Horrible. Apparently they did a walk-in cash point in Walthamstow, says Declan, again. The local vagrants used it for sleeping in the winter. Yeah, that's the trouble. Around our place, because the bank is open, and luckily it's not open, we used to be somebody who used to go and sleep in there. Sleep in the bank. Dreadful. Chrissy says in Barbados, 
The banks have private glass cubicles where you can go and take your money uh, out, equipped with CCTV. See, I don't see any problem here. But now most banks, to stop people going in late at night, have moved the cash points outside. And, I mean, I remember the time when churches used to be open at night. Churches would be left open and people would get... Now, of course, you can't. Even in Cumbria, ladies and gentlemen, there is a picture in the paper today. Somebody's car was covered by, by flood water. There's a picture of it in the paper today. What's somebody done? They've gone and nicked the wheels. They've taken the wheels off somebody's car. What sort of... I mean, you can only hope that the police have got CCTV pictures or fingerprints or something to catch these people. I want to pillory them over the newspapers. Don't go anywhere near these thieves. They'll take anything. Up in Cumbria, they've had to put the police in the, the streets where all the flood water was to stop people looting. Looting. We are in the United Kingdom, are we? I mean, are we just bringing people in, or, or people now have got so little self-respect, they'll thieve from anybody? Answer is, they'll thieve from anybody. Uh, Steve, if I had to go into a private room like that to draw out money, says Damien, I would feel as I might be going to a confession. Uh, only if you think, Damien, that you've got something to confess. Um, and for Angela, yes, The Railway Children is out on DVD. Daddy, my daddy. Kevin reckons the twins could be the pantomime horse. So you wouldn't actually have to see them. That would be good, wouldn't it, I think? Uh, Joyce says, you're so good, you could be an agony aunt. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's a gift. It's a gift, you know. Um, another one here. Uh, Gerard Sauer is an absolute genius with cars. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Gerard's the experts we had, Michael Van Stratton knew everything about garlic. In fact, he got to be known as Dr Garlic, even though he was not a medical doctor. But Michael knew everything. He got the biggest post bag at LBC. The biggest post bag that ever came in for a programme. He did garlic. He did alternative medicine. And in fact, when he first started talking about alternative medicine, it was it was seen as a bit a bit, you know, quack and things like that. Now, of course, it's used in conjunction with with normal medicine. So he he was way ahead of the thing. He used to get thousands of letters a week. Thousands. I used to get the same myself, mainly begging letters, you know, from people saying, you know, can you go somewhere else, which was fairly popular. Uh, Lynn says, what a wimp Katie Price has turned out to be. Unless she was told her cage fighter was rushing out to propose, and even she realises that's a stunt too far. Actually, you're right, she is a wimp, isn't she? But then we knew she was a wimp before. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, Kit Malthouse, as I say, doing the papers. Are the Conservatives institutionally racist? Yes, and Cameron can't cover it up forever, says David McBride, leader of the Dib- Lib Dem Council Group, on the same council as Hobbins and a council in Orpington. No says Stanley Johnson, former Conservative MEP for uh, White and Hampshire East. Plus drinking water. How much water should you drink? About a lake, I think. That would uh, just about do it. You're supposed to drink loads. I do try and drink water. And do you know the thing that's bad for you, which is the thing I love? Cold water. Cold water's bad for you. You're supposed to drink... You're supposed to drink lukewarm water. But I don't like lukewarm water. It's boring. And then somebody said to me, if you leave water in the car overnight, which I do, because it's cheaper than the fridge to run, because it just sits there and it's cold, they say, apparently you can pick up germs. I know you can pick up germs from plastic bottles, but to be honest, there's only me drinking out of it. The one thing you're not supposed to do at the moment, and I only warn you now, as we come up to the part of the year, which I love, the part of the year where you can go round the office and snog people. It's fabulous. I tell you, I've got so much mistletoe going on at home. I know Hugh Broom's got it. He's, he's trying to cover it up in case I go down there and start taking it. Because every time you produce mistletoe, you go, mistletoe, hold it over your head, and they've got to kiss you. And, they've got, and I've, I've got certain people on my snogging list for this year. Until I read in the Daily Mail today that because of swine flu, don't snog anybody. 
but I'm all right because I've had a swine flu injection. But you're not supposed to go round and kiss people. That's the only time I see the look of fear on the news desk. The only time at Christmas, look out, Steve Allen's got the mistletoe. So this year, my advice is, much as it grieves me, if you're feeling ill, stay at home. Do not go into the office. Do not go into work because you don't want to infect people. On the other hand... Make sure you're genuinely ill. We don't want anybody sort of cheating and then going out shopping. Only kiss a willing target. I tend to find if you pin them to the ground and you lean on their arms, there's not much they can do about it. Respect people's personal space. You know some people are right in your face. You get, excuse me, a little bit too close. No wandering hands. It's completely ruined Christmas for me this year. Don't kiss on the lips. No kissing with your mouth full. Oh, but that's part of the fun, isn't it? You've just eaten a mince pie and then you see if you can transfer it to the next person. That's a good one. And a handshake may be more dangerous. So what does that leave you with? Answer, ruined Christmas, I'm afraid. So no snogget. So, I mean, what am I going to do with all the mistletoe that I've bought? All the mistletoe that I've got at home. Save it. And I've, what I've done is I've written people's names on it. All the people in the office. I've been through the staff list and the freelance list of all the people I want to snog. And actually, there's more than ten. There's more than ten this year. So I'm, I'm going round and just sort of to worry them. You know, and then you go round, hold the mistletoe going... Merry Christmas. Yeah. I can see the look of panic on their faces, even as I walk in the office now, thinking, God, I hope I'm not on Steve Allen's list. So the advice is, because of swine flu, don't actually do anything. Don't even shake hands, so just go, Merry Christmas. It's not the same, is it? I think it really is not the, uh, not the same. Uh, they've discovered an elephant-eared octopod in the deep. They, they go down into the depths of the ocean nowadays, and they discover these things, and I always think that there are so many things that we've got no idea about. So many things that you look at them and you think, my God, we know nothing, do we? We know absolutely nothing at all. Steve, do the others in the jungle know how much Katie Price has been paid to appear? Well, she hasn't been paid to appear. Uh, we think she'll be earning all roughly the same. I think they'll all be on approximately 100, 150. You've probably got Colin and Justin much cheaper than that because nobody really cares about them. And, um, and the, the money she will make will be... I would think the interviews that she'll give to the newspapers and she'll be dr droning on ad infinitum about, you know, how dreadful and how people kept voting for her because the public don't like her. Well, the public have never liked her. So I don't really see there's any, any problem with this at all at the moment. It just makes entertaining television. And she's paid that much money. If she doesn't want to go in there, don't go in there. You know, if you want a closure on your marriage, well, then stay at home. Pull the blinds down and stop being silly. But there again, she's got nothing to do at home, has she? She's bored, 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 I'm afraid. John and Edward, as I said before, and it's in all the papers today, kicked out. Kicked out. Uh, but that's not the last you'll see of them, unfortunately. We're going to be suffering with them for ages and ages. Uh, celebrities, among millions of would-be slimmers who've embraced fad diets. These are the fad diets which you'll be trying over Christmas. And I promise you, and I'll do you a list of celebrities at some point this week, who for the last two months have been working with trainers to bring out these quack DVDs that will tell you how to lose the weight after Christmas. My advice is, if you want to lose weight after Christmas, go today to the doctor, make an appointment, get a diet sheet and start doing exercise. Don't waste your money on any of these stupid DVDs because, as you've seen on Strictly Come Dancing, the elephant woman is still dancing around, I'm afraid, so it quite clearly doesn't work. Listen, have a great Monday. Wrap up because it's cold, 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 cold. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Nick is with you next after the news on LBC. I voted. I voted. Join